0: Molly
1: and you're listening to episode one of too busy to flush the awkward episode because we're staring
0: that we haven't planned out at yeah, all. yeah
1: we're kind of staring at each other going what are we gonna talk about but you had some ideas so you start
0: well my idea was we tell people why on earth do we think the world needs another podcast and why on earth we think that we would be worth listening to.
1: <laughs> okay. Those are both very, um, very valid points. So, why do you think we need the world needs another podcast?
0: Well, in the research we've done, we haven't really found any husband wife podcasts who are talking about life, just being real, but trying to be redemptive and encouraging at the same time just talking about we have four kids who are ages nine down to one and so uh everyday life is a struggle and um and we just haven't found anything in that niche and yet every time we talk to friends or family who are in the sta- stage of life that we're in um that's what we talk about with them because that's what we live every day
1: I was at our church staff meeting today, and we were going around the room sharing some things about our ministry areas, and then they asked for what we're excited about this year and prayer requests. And I happen to mention that I'm very excited about this show. And as I was up way too late last night writing potential blog posts uh, for the blog, so if you haven't subscribed, go over to tb2f.com and punch in your name an email or just actually your email, I think in the list and subscribe to our website. Cause we're going to write a lot. And that's what I'm really excited about. I have a voice. I feel like I have something to say again. Like 15 years ago, life crashed. I couldn't write anything. Sat down to try write music or whatever. Nothing. I could write technical posts, blog posts, but no, um, nothing like personal life oriented or, um, I don't know teaching related or something but i feel like i have something to say now because it just kind of like went and i was like wow i've written like six different things in the matter of an hour so that's going to be interesting it's going to open up a whole world in my in my life that's going to be really weird i think or different Hmm. i don't don't know where this is going to go i haven't told you this yet
0: no you haven't you know what i haven't told you yet (laughs) no is if you're going to bug me to write you have to watch the kids one afternoon a week on a schedule, not like a, you got to get out of the house, do something. You got to get out of the house, you got to do something. But like, a, okay, it's one o'clock on Thursday. I'm leaving the house for three hours. What a, what because about... Because that's what we do at one o'clock uh, on Thursday. Because otherwise, I don't have space in my life to no, be true. a regular consumer of things that make me think and then to process them. And,
1: and you, have, you have another outlet of a major unnamed internet source that wants you to write for them that I want you to write for. So we need to I find time, time to do that. Okay. So we need to do a three-hour adventure to Steep World. I'll go work out. But you Kids have can to bring climb. the baby
0: too. Ooh. I can't write with her.
1: So we have a baby. She's 18 months old.
0: She's 20 months 20 old.
1: months old. I don't even know anymore. And she has diarrhea right now. Again. She's
0: been sick for three weeks straight.
1: The whole family's been sick for like a month. This has been the worst...
0: Sick season we've had in a long time.
1: Because I got a cold somewhere around October, and then it's just kind of been constant since. You know
0: what, though? I think that this is normal for us. In the last two years when I was pregnant and we had a newborn, we're like, God's mercy. Because we only ever had puking in our house over Mother's Day weekend for two years straight. There was and this... <laughs> now God's, like, lifted the barrier, he's lifted the protective hedge, and he's opened the floodgates.
1: There was this one time we were at your parents' house. We were at Molly's parents' house, house-sitting, because they were on a cruise or something. It's what old people was do, when I we guess. we were
0: living with them.
1: Oh, that was a terrible time, too. We can talk about that on another episode. Um, one of the few moments in our lives that drove us to marital counseling. Anyway, um, we were all, I just remember all of us laid out on the floor. In various stages of All five of us were puking
0: and, at the same time.
1: Yeah, it was bad.
0: And the, On the living
1: room floor, just laid out for like 24 hours.
0: And I'm pretty sure the dogs carry whatever we had. Oh. I know dogs can be carriers for norovirus because then my parents came home and we could hear my dad puking through the floor. We were in the bedroom below him, below their bathroom for days on end. It was horrible. For them, way worse for them than for us. But it was bad for us because we, I was literally puking while holding Elise, who was one at the time, who was also puking. It was the worst.
1: I love it. It's so bad. Yeah, I
0: had a conversation with somebody the other day and she doesn't say puking or vomiting. She says spewing. And
1: so kind of like Garth. So, like, Garth a sweet
0: euphemism. Like, well,
1: sort of. Every time I hear spew, though, I think of. Bill and Ted's, or uh, not, you know, uh, uh, Garth. I in, was never
0: into that genre. Hey, that genre drove if me nuts. You're gonna
1: spew, and then he pulls out a little paper cup, spew into this man. What is that? They did the basement TV show. What? I'm blanking right is it now. Phil a and classic. Ted? No, it's not Bill, Bill and Ted's Ted? Excellent Adventure. It's um, they did two of them. Yes. And Dana Carvey and. Mike Myers. See, the, and those just
0: drove me nuts. I didn't like that.
1: Them. There was that hot Asian that was really popular in movies for a while. That was the girlfriend. She was a record exec, I think. Somebody's going to tell us. I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Anyway, uh, where were we? What are uh, you drinking? What are you drinking right now?
0: I'm drinking hot chocolate. Actually, Trader Joe's sipping chocolate with Four Roses in it.
1: And If you're not familiar with Four Roses. Wayne's is a- World? Wayne's World. Thank you. Nobody
0: has to tell us. We just have to Google it.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot we have phones. We're not living in the dark ages here. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so I am kind of excited about this for another reason because and we talked about this when we when we started discussing the Airstream project. Um, Molly and I were discussing an Airstream project earlier this year. We can talk about that in another episode too. It hasn't come to fruition yet because money seeps out other areas as much as we try to save. Um, But because this is one of the first efforts that kind of combines my passions and interests with family. So it's not simply around, I'm not sitting here thinking, what am I going to do next in my career? I'm not... I'm not... (laughs)
0: little whipping cream
1: this is, this is why we don't do it on video
0: I just poured hot chocolate on my neck as the whipping cream came out in a pile
1: Nom 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 <laughs> oh, Whipping cream um, It didn't take long before our 14 month old got to the point where she was opening her mouth when we pulled out the whipped cream canister that was fun, but anyway, it combines this whole thing kind of combines my uh my passions with family, so it's like i'm I'm doing something that's that involves you that kind of involves the kids, and uh I don't know it could be a disaster.
0: or it could just be boring. I'm sure we're not interesting to people yet
1: Mm-mm. so what does anybody want to hear about? Should we take calls? <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: By the way, the only time we have to time to do this is after the kids are in bed. Oh, the and kids so are in bed. It's, yeah. Who knows if they're asleep? But it's nine thirty at night, and I'm edging up to my bedtime too.
1: Okay, so we're we're it's January fourteenth, and we've kind of discussed why. Oh, the cat is climbing my sound panels. We've kind of discussed why. We we think we could bring we could offer something and the world could use another podcast. Um, But also New Year's resolutions. You had some thoughts you wanted to share on.
0: I didn't actually think through any New Year's resolutions because I don't really do that because I don't like being committed to something that then I'm going to fail at. Um, But you did. You had New Year's. You're all like New Year, New Jr. Sort
1: of, not really. I mean, some of it, yeah, some of it, it's just an opportunity. It's those resets in life we get. Like, I like to talk about resets. We have hourly resets, yearly resets. And I don't know, I think God puts those those things into our lives for, he knows we need them. You know, we need to go to bed at night and wake up feeling fresh and renewed every hour, every second. my so, anyway.
0: body actually physically rebuilds itself when it's sleeping. Um, there are things that happen physio- physiologically when you're sleeping that don't happen when you're awake. So it's not just like a mental reset. It's actually a physical reset when you sleep at night. So
1: getting drunk at college and wasting away your days and then you sleep all for 14 hours straight, you're kind of rebuilding the damage you did? No. Oh. No. But I like do that. when your I kids to... are
0: sick, you have to get them to sleep because right. their bodies really only do when they're sleeping.
1: I mean, I didn't do that. I went to Bible school. but uh, Yeah, so New Year's resolutions... I am not a big fan of Resolute. I don't like doing what other people want to do, uh, but I did feel like I needed to make some changes if I was still going to continue doing what I'm doing. Because I did turn 40 last year, and it's weird. There is something that definitely happened.
0: It's a reset. F-
1: physically, no. I mean, like I can't. Like I get hurt and I'm out <laughs> for you know three weeks from judo, and so I had. I felt like I needed to be more deliberate. So I sat down with my notebook. And I, I broke up one of my pages in my notebook and I had, um, I had like things I wanted to accomplish this year. Just simply do. There was spiritual, mental, physical, um, financial, and I couldn't think of one for work until somebody's like vocational. Like, oh, perfect. <laughs> vocational. So I, I put together all of those things and I wrote down a few various things in there. And, um, so that's what I did, and I'm trying to follow through with it, um, and I'm already failing today with one of my spiritual ones, which was just read the Bible or stay in the Word every day. And I have been every day, except today because tomorrow's my Bible study, and I haven't read my chapter yet because we decided to do this, and I was so behind on everything today; it was crazy.
0: You did read that Psalm book to I our kids read at the dinner Psalm time, book, yeah? No, so.
1: having family devotions is one of those things that I've been wanting to do every day. That is hard.
0: It is hard. It's easier when you're a homeschool family. Well, you're not there, but I do something biblically devotionally usually with yes. the kids when we're starting school. So, I mean, in some ways that checks off the family devotion mark, but it would check it off more if you were to like sit down at the table with us.
1: True. So, uh that was where I was heading with uh heading with family what I did with some of my
0: Resolutions. New
1: Year's resolutions. And a lot of them related to the family, which was kind of cool. Like we've got, you know, this long-term Airstream project, which we want to do, um, and that involves financial and household and, you know, thinking through. Part of my thing, too, is um, looking at the house, going, okay, I want to redeem some, some of my time a little bit better. So when I'm not working or I'm not sitting on my laptop doing something, which is generally working, but what can I pull up a list and just see things that need to be fixed? Like, Ooh. okay, I've got a broken door here.
0: I can make a list. I've for got,
1: you. yeah. See, there's all sorts of things. So I've got a small little running list, but now you've got, we should make that,
0: a Google doc,
1: Google doc, or we could just share our Apple
0: That's true. checklist yeah. reminder. You remember how our kids blinds are broken. Cause they broke them as soon as we yep. moved into this house.
1: I thought that was a good idea to repair those when I bought the repair kit. But then I had to replace the blinds over at the um, commercial real estate property.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Not to sound all high fluting and mumbo jump, but um, they were so cheap to just have them custom cut at Lowe's. It was like 30 bucks. Really? For blackouts. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, well. So I may just do that. Just go that route.
0: Okay. Well, it would be nice when... Summer rolls around to be able to pull up the shades, even in the winter, to be able to pull them up and get sunshine in. But Yeah, our kids have systematically...
1: Doors. Kids break everything. You know what happened tonight? So not only have they systematically broken almost every blind in the house since we moved in, but tonight we're down here, I'm prepping, getting some things set up for uh, the podcast because I just basically cleaned out my studio of anything that I used to do for work, media-wise, and now it's just... It's kind. Of, we've got a big table over here that has a train set. One of our friends gave the kids a whole bunch of model trains, like the really legit uh, electric ones, and it's super cool. So they're over here playing, and I'm setting up, and all of a sudden you hear a crash. And the, the engine, you know, like the $250 BNSF Railway engine fell falls off of the table onto the floor, and I hear a plastic piece skid across the floor. And I was like, Really? And I kicked them all out of the room. Just after that, and I don't even know why it came up, Titus goes, yeah, and we popped the exercise ball that you brought home from Grandma's house, too. And I'm like, you guys, can you just not break everything?
0: They can't. They can't. (sighs) I thought we can't have Do you have memories of breaking your parents' stuff when you were younger? None. You don't? No,
1: I don't have a single memory of breaking anything uh, in my parents' house.
0: I have house. vague memories of costing my parents a lot of money. Like, at least one car wreck when I was in high school. Well,
1: now, if you're going to count car wrecks, I did total my dad's truck.
0: Y- yeah. Like, <laughs> I I think costly. about myself doing that to my parents now and my kids doing that to me and I like I feel this seething rising within me, mm-hmm. knowing that our kids are going to do that to us, and we're just going to have to deal with it. Like, our kids are going to wreck cars, and they're not going to have enough money to like re- like we could make them pay some of whatever it costs them, but they probably can't afford all of the damage that they will do. And the bigger they get, probably the more damage they'll be able to do. I drove my dad's lawnmower into a brick wall once and, wank, like. <laughs> Janked the axle up, so he had to replace the axle on his lawnmower. And I was so embarrassed, I didn't even tell him until he drove it, and it wouldn't steer because the wheels were pointed outward. (laughs) Like, that wasn't cheap. Was that worth me mowing the lawn for him? Probably not. I don't remember ever getting chewed out for that. How
1: much stuff has Titus, like...
0: It's nonstop.
1: uh, With our lawnmower? Like, I actually kicked my son off the lawnmower last year because he kept chewing things up.
0: Granted, I was in high school when I did that, and okay, he's only—he was he's only, only eight, eight. Right. Um. So, and we do have him driving a giant, expensive lawnmower. It's a lot of responsibility for an eight. Not
1: expensive anymore. I can't even find parts for it. It's like twenty years old.
0: It would be expensive to replace.
1: That's true. That's very true. So
0: it's expensive. We need it to keep working. So New Year's resolutions. You're you're gonna save enough money to fix all the things our kids I'm, break.
1: Oh yeah! If it doesn't go out everywhere. I just be, got another two hundred dollar bill in the mail today. So it's like for going, health insurance. So it's like oh great.
0: It's constant. And uh, you're gonna be a great spiritual leader for our family.
1: I'm gonna be super dad. I'm gonna be super husband, super dad. You're gonna get back rubs every night.
0: Free back rubs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dang it. Can I swear on the show? Probably not.
0: <coughs> no, but Keep it PG, let son. the Keep listener it PG understand son. what a free back rub means.
1: <laughs> yes, I charge for my back rubs. They
0: all know. Um,
1: Is that how all women are wired, by the way? I've actually, as I've gotten older, I've come to like realize that all women are just wired to need back rubs before not anything. else. all they women. They don't throw themselves at men like you see on TV.
0: We're wi- generally speaking wired differently. But there are relationships where the woman has a higher libido than the man. I've never actually personally met one, but apparently they exist out there.
1: <laughs> I've never met one.
0: I've heard. I, I hear that it exists. Um,
1: They're mythical unicorns.
0: But but I, women, moms spend all day with kids clinging to them. We are not starved for physical touch. We are touched out. Except the back rub is like a a. A re- like, it's a receiving touch. It's not a sucking me dry touch. Because
1: I'm, like, starved. I'm, like, touching starved. My kids hug me, but then they run off. It's different. Yeah. I don't want I've, that kind of affection. i have I'm starved for another I've kind of affection. I've
0: barely been able to put Faith down for three weeks straight now.
1: Oh, she's horrible.
0: She's so cute, though. I was thinking tonight, She's pretty
1: adorable when she's I, not horrible.
0: Like, parenting is mind-spinning. Because I wanted nothing more than to put her to bed tonight and she was fussy enough that I rocked her to sleep and then I just sat there and held her because it was like I regretted resenting her all day like all day long I resented how clingy and needy and whiny she's yelling in my ear and I sit I'm she's 20 months old she should be over the you have to stand and jiggle me phase no I sit down and she screams at me and I'm like, I'm not, I'm tired. I can't, you're physically too heavy for me to stand and hold all day long. I have to at least sit down if I'm going to hold you. So I grow to resent her by bedtime. And then I'm rocking her and I regret resenting her because she's my precious child and she's been entrusted to me. And she just like, I'm her only mom and moms are special and because... And I'm going
1: to slap her across the head with a book.
0: Uh, I mean, so, not literally. But. I mean, it's just like, it's like whiplash. You go from... Resentment to guilt in the length of a breath.
1: I don't feel that quite as strong. It's more of a. I have moments where I feel crazy guilty for the way I treated my kids, but then other times I feel like no, you deserve it. That's where I think I maybe I maybe screwing up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. Like I just, I got, I had to get in Lily's face because she was falling apart. Do you remember what she was falling apart about last night at bedtime?
0: Yes, because she didn't want our good time with friends to end.
1: Ah, yes. Good time with friends. And she was falling apart. You told her twice. And then we were going to brush teeth and I was really priding myself on being patient because I was just letting, I was, we, we talked to her. We're giving her opportunities, shepherding the heart, yada, yada, yada. And then we go to brush teeth and I grabbed the toothbrush and hand it to her. And she, what did she do? Something happened. And she like pushed me away or something. Oh, And I just, I lost it. Got right in her face. I didn't yell at her, but I was pretty stinking intense. She started to cry. I was like, you've been given several opportunities now. Your mother's given you an opportunity and you are not changing your attitude. I'm going to spank you if you don't fix it right now. Lips started to quiver and. She was kind of sad. She was trying not to cry, but then I felt bad. I made her cry, but at the same time, I'm like, "You deserved it." Been
0: wailing angrily being a for crap. an hour by then. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes.
1: I don't know what we're gonna do. So, where do you want to take the show? What kind of things do you want to put in the show?
0: Well, I haven't. Teen you up I don't for that? Yeah. I I don't think I've talked to you about this at all, but no. I think that that's what makes we the show fun. Have... <laughs> at some point, we'll have a formula. And it will not be meandering quite as much.
1: What's going to happen? What's going to happen is we're going to be by ourselves going through our days going, I need to talk to Molly about that. Or I need to talk to JR about that. And then it's going to be like, no, wait, I'm going to write that down and save it for the show. And we'll talk about it on the show with no forewarning. No,
0: for real. I think that we should do that because... That would be fun. One thing that I feel like couples don't do because we just don't have time is have real conversation. Like... Our pastor, who is the marriage the marriage pastor, is always encouraging couples to have, like, foot-to-foot time on the couch. So there's nothing, like, you know, there's no back rubs that might eventually lead. Like, just conversation where you're talking things through. And I think that the reason he has to encourage that is because we don't talk things through. And I think that we can give people the opportunity to hear us talk things through in a way that isn't, you know, isn't horribly broken. I mean, we're, we're broken people, but our marriage isn't horribly broken right now. Um, and so if we, you know, just as we're talking through issues of life, I think that for sure we can do that in a rel- it's not live. So if it goes really bad, <laughs> we don't, we don't publish it, but, um, but um, anyway, so that... do we
1: mention names. Do we talk about family no, 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 issues and do friend names. issues? No, no, so we don't do names. the other day, you never guess who like totally shut me down.
0: No, we don't do names. Um, but we have talked about trying to have guests on the show, although I'm not sure unless it's a couple who either has a live in nanny or doesn't have any kids at home, given the time at night that we're recording, unless they come over yeah. for a Sunday afternoon and we like have a babysitter or something it's going to be hard to have conversations with friends with kids but but we would like to have conversations with our friends um we've talked about doing a feature where we ask our friends to to show us a picture to snap a picture of their costco cart when they're checking out and just to like you know we have we have friends with lots of kids we have friends with A more average number of kids. It would just be interesting to see how many times a month you go to Costco. What do you buy there? What do you consider to be your splurges or your good deals or your bare essentials? Um, What's your what's your Costco strategy?
1: And then I'm sitting there like, oh, this is such an upper white middle class thing to do. We're going to alienate whole audiences on our podcast.
0: No, we're not, because we're just going to be reaching people who are are just our friends. Um. No, but I also think that we, we could have a regular feature of like favorite things. Like, I don't know, one, two, oh, three, just like, you know, totally random. Doesn't have to be in a specific category, but what are your top two or what three things? What are you
1: reading right now that is like your favorite thing? Your favorite? Well, that doesn't really work. I'm not What is your favorite thing right now? There you go. What's favorite your favorite thing, thing right now? now? This last week or two, what's your favorite thing?
0: favorite thing. You're, that's not specific enough. My favorite thing that I've read in the last week. There we go. Is I pulled out Tim Keller's The Meaning of Marriage uh, because I had a discussion group on marital intimacy and he had some r- great comments. Did back that rubs I was come up? Digging um back rubs did not come oh. up. Um he talks about what dang it what's his metaphor? I can't remember his metaphor. But it was basically like Regular, intimate moments with your spouse are, like, he he uses the phrase, like, a covenant renewal ceremony, because when you're getting married, you make a covenant vow to give your whole self to the other person, and selflessly, I give all of myself to you, and so the act of having sex is, is wordlessly not always wordlessly, but you know what I mean, with your body demonstrating the act of, I give my whole self to you. Um, and that both strengthens and renews the bond that you have. And he talks about it too. like, again, I can't remember the metaphor he uses, but it's basically like oil in the engine of life. You know, like, it just keeps keeps your relationship <laughs> lubricated. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. That goes to this slightly irreverent. You know, <laughs> I
1: love this. This show's getting better and better.
0: <laughs> but that um, that you need you <clears throat> need to have this as a regular priority in your life because it um, like the the I work for a group called Cane of Ox, and the Cane of Ox, um wording for it. Now I'm blanking on that. I used it multiple times the other night. It is nine. Um, Yeah, it's my bedtime, and I've had at least one shot of whiskey in my hot chocolate. Um, But essentially, you're both... um, Oh, it's a thermometer Thermometer. and a thermostat. So so how your sex life is uh, is a demonstration of the warmth of your relationship. So you're not going... As a married couple, you're not going to have a great sex life if your relationship is suffering otherwise. But because you can so demonstrate self-sacrificial, other-centered love and commitment through sex, it's also a thermostat. So if the thermometer is a bit cold, you can turn the temperature up by joyfully serving each other in bed. So, I would say that I, like that I would phrase.
1: say that's true because there's moments where I'm not getting along with you for whatever reason or I'm cranky about something. But my physical desires just take control and I'm like, screw what I feel. Let's go for the gusto. And then when I'm done, I don't I I don't remember what I was upset about. You don't resent
0: about. me anymore? I don't
1: remember what I was upset about. Well, I've never resented you. That's a that's a stretch. Really? really. Hmm. My kids Yes, that has been an ongoing struggle since, as they've gotten older, and I think it'll continue to be a struggle for kid resentment. But not—I haven't resented you. Got frustrated and angry, as we all do with people, but I've never resented you. I don't know how to resent too many people. Resent seems really strong to me, though. But I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I had a thought, and I lost it.
0: So anyway, that was—that's something that I. Probably the only thing that I've read in the last week.
1: I know when I read about sex, it's one of my favorite things, too. Huh. <laughs> um, my favorite thing right now... Um, honestly, it's probably been, been kind of building this little Too Busy to Flush thing and kind of finalizing the website and looking at podcast hosts and what they can do and thinking about you know, the potential of being superstars <laughs> and the whole world bowing at my feet. That, that means that amazing.
0: somebody on our friend list shares this and somebody who is not on our friend list gives it a listen.
1: And gives a crap. That's what that means. Um, nobody should give a crap about us. That's that's the truth. Well, one of the favorites, I did start reading one of the Christmas presents you got me though. Uh, Andrew Peterson's Adorning the Dark. I didn't know what to expect when I started reading it, but I got eight chapters in in one night. And, um, he, 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 he touches me, not in the way we were just talking about, but he, he touches like, my,
0: like he
1: mentally, it's emotionally. He like, he speaks my language. He talks about like an, an eternal homesickness. He talks about longing. He talks about, um, you know, the, the desire to be known and the desire to, to, show that you have worth that you're worth something all those things and I'm like I struggle with that man I struggle with that oh dude you got you got my number I struggle with that too all of that stuff um and you know we I had a it was interesting I had a conversation I'm kind of fascinated by it now because I'm in it but um I had a conversation with him after a concert he did here in Billings last year and we were talking about midlife crisis and he goes you know there's something real about it I don't know what it is but you know, people make jokes about it. But he's like, "There's there's something that really happens to a, a dude." And I'm like, mm, yeah, it, "Yeah, there it is." Because he sat on the he sat for like eight months on the couch, which was just super depressed. Um, mine wasn't quite that, but there. But it does encapsulate all of those things of longing, homesickness, worth, desire. Um, you know, all these other all these things where you're searching out like, what am I even here for? I mean, I'm like the vocationally epic failure of life. Like, if there's a model of vocational failure, that would be me. Um, <clears throat> so I've never staked a claim in any. I've never made a career anywhere. I've never. It's it's depressing. Um, so he's speaking all these things, but he's doing so from a very redemptive standpoint. And then he he goes on to talk about a house that they bought. They had this dream to live out in the country in Nashville. So they they moved out of there. You know, kind of like what we lived in, you know, kind of suburban, general suburban, three bedroom, two bath home, um, into this little farmhouse on 20 acres. And he said the kitchen was like the size of a closet. So there's, you can only fit one, maybe two people in the kitchen. Um, But he had land. And he said there was something so restorative about going out and redeeming the fallenness of the world in his little patch of land, planting trees building walls, building bricks. And I resonated with that too, because that's the one thing moving into this house where I was like, I, 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 I find joy here. Like if I go ape crap out in the, it's weird having to edit myself out in the empty lot there with trees and shrubs and gardens and benches and all sorts of visions of English mannerhood that I have in my head. Um, I'm not going to want to move out of the house. I'm going to be sad when I leave. Like Before, I'd be happy to let this place burn. But now it's like, I don't know. So that's what I'm reading right now. It's really good. I'm enjoying it. It's prompting me to think through midlife crisis. And I, I think there was like two posts that came out of that that I was drafting last night. And then a couple others. But we'll see where it goes. I think I'm actually like, I might be actually be able to like write about like as some of my closer friends call it like pre-divorce JR and post divorce. They had the slang term like BC or post I forget they I forget what they called it, but the dark years. They called it the dark years. <laughs> dark years JR and light years JR. I might actually like write about that a little bit. Hmm. Or at least my my growing up years, because it's such I feel like there's such a contrast with the Christianity that I grew up with and the Christianity that I know we're so like black and white that it's like, I feel like there's something to be said there and it could be maybe weave in some anecdotes, some funny, random stories of JR. Would anybody listen or care? I don't know, but I don't really care because it's just, it's more personally fulfilling.
0: I was Instagram stalking Joshua Harris the other day just to see what crazy stuff he was. Oh, and Derek Webb, speaking of people who grew up in, Legalistic and have reacted against it. I'm glad you didn't go that far, for the sake of us and your soul. Um, but there's like a whole culture out there of celebrating, um, celebrating deconversion, and it's sad and tragic and leading more people. Astray. Is he celebrating it now? Oh, for sure. Wow. Oh yeah. Both. It's kind
1: of like once you once you open that door crack that bottle you just chug the whole damn thing oh i just i gotta edit that i think do i edit that is it explicit i don't even know what the ratings are on itunes i don't know all right whatever um you know you just you just down the whole thing it's like there's no like salt like yeah there's been moments where i've been like "Ah, i'm gonna you know i i ditch my faith and probably be happy doing it um but it's never like i'm gonna chug the whole bottle and start Raising my Whenever I've considered
0: then... ditching my faith, I always think of the disciples saying to Jesus, "To whom else would we go? Like, right. are there really other sources offering hope out there? Like Derek Webb is super humanistic. Like when he, I don't know if you followed his music back in the late '90s. Who didn't? Kaden's call was like, well, the not jam. no post Cademan's call. Like oh, when he was no. a solo artist. Well, I wasn't a fan of his all, music. He had, I loved his music. He had all this stuff about. I mean, it was very. Um, like, I'm depraved, and I'm nothing without Jesus, and I need Jesus. Um, and now, he like, he's literally writing songs to counter the songs that he wrote during that era. And they're all about, like, I'm enough. I don't need anything propping me up. Like, I'm good enough in, in and of myself. Um, but I when I was in seminary... I noticed this, and I, it, was, it was in the forefront of my mind because in Sunday school on Sunday, um, our pastor was talking about the nature of doubts. And your mom actually had this killer mm. comment where she was talking about what is the heart motive behind our doubts? And when I was in seminary, I feel like that was sort of at least my exposure to this burgeoning celebration of doubts culture where the doubts... And the questioning of your faith is an end unto itself, rather than a means of drawing you closer to a resolution or to your faith. Like there's there's a defiance in the doubt, rather than a genuine question. If that makes sense. And the doubt, the this culture of defiant doubthood. I mean all of those people who were in that culture are no longer walking with the Lord. Like, they're defiantly celebrating having cast off their the chains of who they were as Christians. And I, I mean, I feel like looking back, I could almost pinpoint, like, who's asking a genuine question and who's getting sucked into this culture of celebrating doubt, um, But, but for sure... Derek Webb is in the, like, is in the, I mean, he's past the celebrating doubt now. Like, now he's full on, like, anti, which baffles me that he's now married. He's married to the, to a, oh, lead, that
1: lead singer for, um, I am they. I am they, yeah. yeah.
0: So she's like this major upcoming Christian singer and she's married to Derek Webb, who's like, like, his Instagram posts are so anti, everything that she purportedly, stands for in her singing. It just baffles me. Like, what was she, what's she thinking? What's she thinking? But, you know, talking about being unequally yoked, unless she's just singing it because it's lucrative and she doesn't actually believe it. But that could be the case, too. I, I, I can't imagine what their their meaning of life conversations are like as a couple, where if she truly does believe in God's goodness and God's sovereignty, like, that somebody who... Anyway, it just kind of baffles me. There's that...
1: a, there's a celebrate the kind of the stuff you're talking about. I was moving into reading some of the same stuff about the same time, and then venturing into open theism. You know, you wind up the clock, God wound up the clock, and then let it go. But what I realized later, after thinking about it a lot, um, is that the celebration of doubt it became their righteousness. Like, my righteousness is no longer founded in Christ. My righteousness is now an awareness of how doubtful I am. So when I ventured over into, um, you know, the Presbyterian Church of America, the more reformed side of things, as they call it in the world, and there was a celebration of how sinful we are, I got really kind of, like, concerned. (laughs) I was like, um, yes and no. Like, we do have to understand our depravity, but... But that turned out not to be the case. That was just me being weird. I think.
0: No, I think actually there is, at least, um, there, not just in the reform culture, but particularly in like, like mommy blog culture. There's mm. an over celebration of our sinfulness. Of um, how
1: messy our house is. That's how good of a mom I am. I'm okay well, with the mess. Well, I mean, it's okay it's all
0: about like like you're good enough despite whatever level of fallenness that you have like um you know which is true
1: but at this yeah yeah.
0: i mean i it's a hard it's a hard path to walk like as a mom trying to encourage other mom friends like it show the messiness of your life and let's all stop pretending that we have it all together Um, because there's deep encouragement and comfort in not having to feel like we're perfect or uphold the standard, you know, the the stereotypical social media standard to other people. But at the same time, um, that am I, am I in, in being a fellow sinner in a broken world with people? Am I celebrating the vices, you know, or the sin that, um, that exists there with me, um, you know. I'm, I can acknowledge the sin, but am I, with the messiness, am I condoning my laziness in the midst of it, with the messiness or the fact that my kids are running amok? Like, I guess I'll solve a lot of problems by not being lazy and proactively disciplining, or you know, stepping in. Yeah. Or am I? Am I actually? harming someone by posting about how five o'clock ticks that i'm pouring a glass of wine like that's you know it's funny until it's true that you actually are dependent on the wine to survive your kids for the evening yeah
1: but if you're pouring Mm -hmm. if you're pouring a glass of wine at 5 p.m you're a rookie (laughs)
0: I mean, yes, that's funny. You need to be pouring it at at 10. See, that's, I'm making your point. And so, no, it's the meme is that, like, you drink coffee and then you switch to wine. Mm. Um, But I I don't know. I've just been thinking about that. In in my world, it's a hard um, line to walk between encouraging in the midst of fallenness and being real, but not letting the realness become an excuse or... Um. Or a way of actually condoning things that God needs to be working on in my life.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think we've gone on long enough. Uh,
0: I I'm gonna run an idea by you. Okay. Um, in terms of having direction, there's the low hanging fruit of my um my women's retreat talks. So for those of you who are out there listening who the one person who doesn't know us or doesn't know that I was a speaker at my church's women's retreat this fall, um, I put together three, they were 20 to 30 minute talks on identity, relationship, and hospitality.
1: Yeah, those definitely need to go up on the website. And
0: well, I I don't really want to publish them because I wrote oh. them as I would speak them. Oh. And so I was thinking that like our next couple of podcasts could be me in dialogue with you giving the talk. And so you can... Because I haven't
1: heard the talk. You haven't. <laughs> I haven't
0: heard the, this is this how much time we spend together. I spent a huge portion of our lives. But, I mean, I could... Uh, ideally, it would be a little bit more of a dialogue than just lecturing, um, which was what it I was. I would hope so, because that
1: would be... I'd be like, So we're going to have a monologue, Molly monologue for...
0: I mean, it could be. I'd, I mean, it could be its own I'd episode. be fine with that.
1: Yeah, that'd be... I think highly
0: of myself that I'd have no problem. Most
1: people in our circle would probably rather listen to you monologue. than No, but I think everything. there would
0: be a couple of opportunities, at least in each one, to have to have you give feedback or what are you well, thinking? Well, sort of, but
1: to? I invited somebody on to talk about Family Mission.
0: Yeah, but you didn't give them a time frame.
1: I said maybe the second episode.
0: Oh, okay. Cool.
1: But we don't have to. But we could springboard into the second episode. We, ha- we never talked about the name why we chose this name and that would be a good episode to talk about why we chose the name and then use that as a springboard into like talking about family mission family vision family like what does that even look like do you even have to have one is that stupid I don't even know you
0: have one whether you think about it or not see
1: that's let's save this for next week because I'm like I do because I'm gonna have to think about this now all week okay I hope I don't come off as the stupid husband I got a sitcom husband the stupid dad well here's the bumbling happy-go-lucky stupid dad again on a family sitcom night sitting next to the <laughs> <seven>. wildly educated <coughs> wife
0: right so are we done
1: okay I think we're done so um, follow us on too busy to flush grammatically grammatically um, spelled out uh, on Instagram or too busy to flushcom or just tb2f.com those are the only two, two channels two the number two the number two and we're going to be posting the podcast episodes on our website and they'll go out over the blog and we'll, we'll notify people on Instagram too so um, yeah tb2f as in the number two um,
0: and let us know if you think there are things we should be talking about
1: yeah because <laughs> we'll talk about anything won't we honey pretty close yep Good stuff. We talk about anyway. So that said, I'm gonna go give you a back rub, and we're gonna call this a show. Free back rub.